about a month ago, The People versus O.J. Simpson was a pretty big hit for FX. They retry the guy 20 years later on national TV and they still can't get a guilty verdict? But that shitbag Mark Furman on the stand, he got me thinking about perjury. Now, he did it to hide his racist past and no doubt present and future, which doesn't stop Fox News from enlisting his expert services for their panelist repertory clown car. It's an act that undermines the very foundation of our legal system. I mean, yeah, Fox News, sure, but I'm also talking about perjury in general. And so, as Commissioner Gordon Highland of Important Question Podcast, I ask you, Caleb J. Ross, are you now or have you ever been a member of the Communist Party? Uh, no. Oh, I'm sorry. Wrong. That's another episode. No, what I meant to say was, would you commit perjury for a friend? That's today's question. Important question. Let's answer these on three, three, two, one. No. 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 We agree. I'm mostly... Are we good people? Well, we, I don't or, know. Or terrible friends. I, I, think, <laughs> I think maybe you're testing the waters here for something, Gordon. You're trying to find uh, some loopholes in my logic so that you can exploit them later on. That's what you've figured out on episode, what is this, like 53, 54, something like that? This entire podcast series has been one oh, long, God. like, psychological profile. Wow. I've said some stuff. Yeah. Oh, God. Oh, God. Yeah. Uh, All legally admissible. Oh well. God! Oh God! Well, my what if I told you my legal name isn't Caleb J. Ross and never has been? Therefore, that's the fastest way to just wipe that entire slate right? clean. It just yeah. negates everything. Oh man! If I would have thought about like, if I were a father that had, that that was like had a criminal past, I would definitely at like the age of five legally change my kid's name or not? Maybe not legally. Just start calling my kid something else, mm-hmm. and he would go by that for his entire life. Then he has an like a get out of jail free card at some point, right? I see that you're planning on how to enhance your children's legacy. I appreciate that. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I've been saying for a long time they'd be better off with a different father. So, you know. <laughs> Genetically, they have no legacy. Yeah. So I got to <laughs> financially, maybe uh, criminally, something like that. Uh, yeah, so I say no. And I hesitate a little bit because uh, lying under oath doesn't necessarily inherently bother me. Um, where it does bother me is that if, if, it causes an innocent person to really suffer like horribly. So, mm-hmm. and, and in that case, I couldn't do it for anybody, not even a friend. So I would probably have to consider like the level of the offense, right? If it's something small, like, you know, you stole something from, I don't know why I'd be on trial for right. stealing a candy bar, but let's just say that was the case. I would lie and be like, no, my friend didn't steal that. You know, that'd be fine. If it was something like murder, right? then I, of course I would be like, no, because that means that someone else, unless of course it's OJ Simpson, <laughs> someone else would have to get probably tried and sent to sent to jail um, unfairly. So. Yeah. Did you know in the state of California and possibly other states? I don't know. Okay. Perjury is usually uh, up to a five-year sentence and a fine. Uh, in California, if it is perjuring in the case of a uh, the one that ends up in execution, that is a capital offense. Holy shit. That could put you to death. They won't, but they could <laughs> put you to death for perjury, for lying. That's crazy, just, pants. just think on that for a second. Yeah. Wow. I actually don't. Airtime is scarce. So <laughs> we'll move on. Uh, what about you, Gordon? No, I wouldn't do it. I think uh, my reasons are more, I just, I don't. So one, I appreciate you not asking me. Now that you know, I will not lie for you. And I. Good thing we're not friends. I don't know. Honesty is something that's like really important to me. I know it sounds hokey. It's it's just easier for me. It's like the whole snowball of lies right, thing. Right, right, right. I don't like having to like keep track of some elaborate backstory. And it's just so much easier ten years later when you're telling back the same story that you know you don't have to 
keep track of that stuff. Yeah. So, but as a result of it, it makes me fairly blunt. Sometimes if someone asks me what I think of them, I will give them a version of the truth, you know? <laughs> and so it makes me at the expense of their feelings. It can make me seem like kind of a cold person, but what kind of uh, douchebag those asking you into your face? How do you feel about me? I don't mean yeah, explicitly <laughs> that, but things like, um, you know, do, do these jeans make me look fat? Yeah. And I say, no vision makes you look fat. <laughs> if we were all blind, you'd be skinny. <laughs> And that's what gets me into trouble. <laughs> yeah, I can, I can see it. I can understand. <laughs> and that's why I killed him, Your Honor. <laughs> why am I holding yeah. out like the Girl Scouts? Yeah, honesty you're like level? the Girl Scouts. <laughs> I should have my hand on a Bible, you know. <laughs> Which is equally weird to think about in this it day is, and age. Yeah. People still swear in the Bible because someone like me who's not religious at all, that means nothing. It means to, nothing. Yeah, <laughs> it's literally nothing. And there's some countries, uh, Italy and France, come to mind that they don't. They don't take oaths yeah. in court, so there's no such thing as perjury. I think part of it is is, and actually, I've talked about this book in the on the past. Um, that book influenced the psychology of persuasion. He talks about just verbal contracts uh, and how if you say you're going to do something, you're more likely to do it. It's a lot of times why, you know, if if someone wants you to sign your name up for a cause, yeah. you're thinking. Well, how is me signing my name going to help anything? I'm just saying, yeah, I agree with your whatever. <laughs> but now that you've actually written down and said that I agree with something, it does change you and forces you to sort of adopt that mentality, whether you know it or not. Sort of an affirmation. Yeah, exactly. Um, the 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 Harry Krishnas, remember them from, from sure. back in the day? That like they would always give away like flowers and stuff or anything, and they it's, it was sort of that I give you something, you give me something, even though right. the thing they're giving oh, is the menial. Uh, it's the sort of guilt thing, and it's like you gave your word that you kind of agreed and mm-hmm. even though we were trying to get someone just to move on with her you know and those flowers are a constant reminder for their very short lifespan albeit yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? yep yep so oh god speaking of stuff like that actually when you sign your name at the bottom of your tax form that's under penalty of perjury that would be considered do they a- still allow you to just use an x if you're illiterate i don't know I've always and hopefully i'll never have to know that <laughs> Hopefully you don't become illiterate somehow. Right. I've yeah. lost my literacy. Yeah. <laughs> I got a touch of the touch of the downs and now I yeah. can't like, you know. First was religion, <laughs> then was my mind, and then went my literacy. It's like a school chant right there. First comes <laughs> loss of literacy, then comes loss of mind. Give me in then Q. comes <laughs> <laughs> then the dyslexic cheerleading squad. <laughs> oh, I would I would We make fun of dyslexics because oh. they can't spell the URL to yeah. go to our podcast. <laughs> No, and this this hashtag really speaking of sponsorship should be brought to you by hashtag asking for a friend because <laughs> that's all this is, you know. I yeah yeah no, I, well literally in this mm-hmm. case because you are talking about and getting what, a friend to lie for you. And what would you? I mean, what kind of person asks their friend to lie for them? On the uh, lie, sure, but like on the stand, really? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, there is something that connects you to. Chances are that person I was really close with already knew about my behaviors or my mental disposition and and sort of was a friend of mine despite my you know i don't just all of a sudden like flip a switch and murder someone there's yes. something kind of building up there so you, you would know the weirdness reference. of yeah. yeah thank you so I, I there's something to be said about that i think but you know well you just said made me think of the situation where this might happen is a very bad things situation or an i know what you did last summer a shared Oh, yeah, group yeah. of people that have been sworn to secrecy over some tragic event, and then, of course, one of them always cracks. Mm-hmm. It's the, usually the nervous, sweaty guy in the first reel. <laughs> <laughs> Foreshadowing. <laughs> or the crazy guy with the hook on his yeah. arm. Yeah. <laughs> what if the lawyer was your friend and not the accused? I probably wouldn't be friends with a lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. And as soon as you found out they were a lawyer, yeah, you terminated into friendship. Yeah. Gross. Uh, yeah, that'd be like, tough like you're an expert. You don't know this person, but you're an expert in forensics or what have you. And you're called up to the stand and he's a buddy of yours. 
Well, first of all, they probably wouldn't allow that, right? I mean, they would. They oh. probably would do some sort of of background checks or something. But okay. let's say in this hypothetical, Thank they you. weren't able to. They weren't able to figure that out. Um, I would probably have to lose a friendship over it because I, I like this person's not only asking me to lie on stand, but he's also going against the very ethos of his profession mm-hmm. to ask someone to yes. lie. I agree. For me, this is an is an easy no because yeah. it's like it's it's just like a I have no. It's not an emotional thing. The person's. I'm not defending my friend. Yeah. I only need two or three friends in my life. I don't need a lot of friends. So if chances are this person, they could be out of my life. And yeah. I wouldn't necessarily no sweat off care, my balls. So. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I think it would be more likely, even though I wouldn't, I would be more likely to lie in the defense of someone to keep something bad from happening to them than I would in the prosecution of someone. Wouldn't that, though, still... That's why I wouldn't be a good evidence planter. <laughs> <laughs> right. That is, you know, even though your guidance counselor was like, Gordon, this is what you should do. Mm-hmm. You stuck with your guns and said, I'm not going to be a good evidence planter. That's no. just not my profession. <laughs> yeah, it no, came up on my, my, my yeah. vocation test. Yeah, it was musician. It was director, evidence planter. It was. <laughs> it's yeah. an odd thing to just stick right yeah, in the middle there. It's but, weird. Yeah. Mostly those jobs that end in ER right. aren't necessarily jobs that, that find their way onto some sort of, you know. Yeah. Uh, my, the top like of my that. list was shoe shiner. I don't know. It's weird. Yeah. Um, cobbler. Was that on there too? <laughs> I shine the shoes and I fix them. And you fix them, right? Only wooden ones, though. <laughs> oh. I'm going to move to the Netherlands. <laughs> uh. I do think I would definitely rely on the interpretation loophole because that's an opinion. So uh, something like, oh, I didn't realize you were black. I just thought you were Caucasianly challenged. <laughs> and then some people will use, they're so desperate not to be pegged a racist that they will use every description except for black. So there's <laughs> yeah. a room full of white people and one black guy. It's the guy in the the blue shirt. Yeah. With the, you mean the black guy? And I think we've come out of that. I think it was kind of the early 90s to the early, probably early 90s up until like the early aughts when that was like hyper thing. But I yeah. think now as, as a society, we're right. beyond that and we're comfortable pick, saying the black pick guy. pick the most obvious differentiator and go with it. it just, well, the, I, it opened my eyes. It was in college. Uh, there was a guy in our class who was from Jamaica. And someone was talking to him about, like, you know, African-Americans. And he's like, my family's from Jamaica and has right. always They're been not like, African-American, not African-American at all. So, yeah. like, yeah. And I was like, oh, yeah, duh. I touched <laughs> on that. Our, our robot voices touched on that in our famous racism episode. Oh, that's right. Famous yeah. racism. <laughs> Infamous, maybe. The best kind of barbecue sauce. <laughs> famous racism. <laughs> you don't get that if you like barbecue sauce, right? <laughs> Back on to perjury. The one, one thing a lot of people don't understand because they haven't done the one hour's worth of research like I have right before this podcast <laughs> <laughs> that uh, perjury isn't just lying in court. It's only it, it's only actually perjury when the lie directly affects the, uh, the relevant outcome right. of the case. You can lie about other stuff, and it technically wasn't perjury. Yeah, it's also perjury if you coerce someone else into committing perjury. You're culpable as well. Culpable. Ooh, Jesus. nice. You did I, do some research. I didn't one even hour write that the... word down. I pulled that one out of my ass <laughs> from from my jurisprudence and a little. Vocabulary. Uh, so I guess in that 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 kind of puts an interesting loophole in there because if I was called upon the stand to testify against a friend, could I answer those? You know, they always give the initial questions: what's your name? Mm-hmm. What's your you know? Could I answer those questions in such a crazy ass way <laughs> that now, as as a witness, right, the jury doesn't really think I'm you know exactly. what's your name? Uh, hamster wheelbarrow. <laughs> It's like, the equivalent of of uh, saying racist shit to get out of jury duty. Yeah, exactly. And so, therefore, I'm not then being forced to put in the position where I have to lie because then I could say a bunch of stupid, dumb crap. Right. And then they say, "Hey, did you see your friend murder this person on this date?" I could say, "Yeah," 
But I also just said that I was from space. Yes. Just so, start with the crazy right yeah. away. And just said, and did you notice that I made a totally racist comment there that I just implied that whoever would the, the um, defendant would be a minority? It's it's not necessarily yeah. racist. It's probably kind of accurate, unfortunately. Yeah, I was called for jury duty last year, and that was something they were talking about because the guy was over there with his headphones on. It was a an illegal Mexican uh, for like child molestation charges. So he had all these. It's like all the jurors were like fuck that guy. Yeah, you know that's crazy. To like, yeah, that sucks because child molestation knows no borders. What? Okay, let's get deep here. What if the other party in this case is also your friend and you're pitted between two here how, how do we weigh these things out is it like in my case i think maybe i'm thinking about is the lying is the perjury more of a benefit to myself and my relationship to them or as a societal greater good mm. kind of thing and i'm not trying to say you know high and mighty it's always benefit of society but sometimes it would be it's like yeah sorry you're a murderer i can <laughs> give up our friendship yeah that's true if i had two friends on the stand Chances are... This is a civil suit, obviously. This, you're not, well, it's not going to be a criminal. It, I mean, even if it was like a criminal type thing, what's weird, though, is is I can't imagine that the Venn diagram of those friendships not having overlapped to some degree in the past. So it makes me think that whatever they're on trial for against each other, I was already inherently involved in some way because why yes. else would these people come together? and be, You know, in that case, what I would probably do is just honestly tell the absolute truth. I mean, if right. one of the friends is going to go down, then... I could lie, but then I'm lying and I'm putting a friend away. Might as well just tell the truth about whatever it is I know. And then that way I can feel at least morally right. So on a, on a lighter note, if you, let's say you were willing to commit perjury, what would be your demands? What, what's the price of your soul? Ooh, that's really... That's no, let's like re- rewind. Just what would you... Yeah. How much to commit perjury? Yeah, your soul is worth, worth much less. I, I don't want to... <laughs> yeah. That's an argument for another day. It would have to just be some sort of large monetary amount, something that would probably be well outside the budget of any friends that I have. Um, maybe what I would do is if they were on trial for like 10 years, I would say, I want 10 years worth of income. Right. Yeah. So therefore, it's like either you can pay me 10 years of your income or you can just go to jail for 10 yeah. years because either way, like you're... that that. You know, people do that as well in movies. They do. It sounds reasonable to me, though. People who take the fall for someone else get a salary for going to prison. You know, mm-hmm. a mob guy that, you know, bites the bullet. Yeah. yeah. It's like, well, I want one hundred thousand dollars a year for every year I'm in or whatever. Yeah. So why not? That sounds reasonable. I think in my case, though, I would probably get more out of like more of a punitive kind of thing that I would ask for instead of money. Because I want I, this would make me feel incredibly skeevy and I want them to experience something similarly you know, I'm doing this for you. It's not about the money. It's like, no, I need you to smudge up your soul a little bit afterwards. <laughs> eye for an eye. Wow, what a friendship that not is. Not an eye for a lie. <laughs> yeah. See, that just seems like too much work to me. Like, you would then have to be responsible for coming up with something. And if there wasn't something already, you would have to, like, artificially create a scenario yeah. in which they would have to feel bad. And Exactly. Then you're having to govern that to make sure they do feel bad enough what if it doesn't go quite the way you want it to? Like, it's all, it's, it's work. We end up in another it. case because of what they did for that. And then now I'm the defendant in their case. Yeah. Or maybe that really <laughs> opens up. Yeah, exactly. That's like, you've been meaning to knock off this jewelry store for a while. Yeah. Now you can. Thinking about that, I think someone could have potentially, it's a little bit of a reach, could have a potentially lucrative career as just being a false witness. Like someone you call in to lie, you know? I, uh, d- <laughs> I doubt they would let you in the court. 
that often, right? Yeah, it's like, well, you'd have to move around a lot. Like, oh, I recognize you, Mr. Ross. You know? <laughs> I just have a really terrible mustache around <laughs> yeah. the next time. Always twirling it at the end. But I would read that guy's memoir. I think that would make for a fascinating story. It's just someone who's just a great liar and just is willing to perjure themselves. Once all of the... Uh, like a ringer. There you go. There's your next novel idea. It could be a fake memoir of a dude yeah. who does that. All memoirs are fake. <laughs> That's true. That's true. <laughs> That's true. So let's talk about lying in general because perjury is kind of narrow. If you wouldn't mind, if it's not too personal, what's the worst lie that you've told for a friend that you can talk about to this day? God, that's a good question. Um, I even read your notes beforehand and I honestly I didn't threw it have... in at the last minute. Did you? Yeah. Oh, well, then I, that was a lie right there because I didn't read your notes beforehand. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that's one of them right there. Yeah. Um, I would, I'm trying to think. I honestly don't can't think of anything. And this isn't me just being crazy. I've said some horrible shit on this podcast. So, right. so you know I'm not trying to mask anything, but I can't think of anything. What about you? You know, I don't really know because, you know, I think of myself as the good guy. <laughs> so all of my memories of that are tarnished by, well, I was doing the right thing. And so I, I've blocked yeah. most of this out. But there is one that comes to mind, or multiple ones that come to mind. And they've been in defense of cheaters who are friends of mine. And I feel oh, terrible yeah, about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. I've like The one that really sticks with me when I was in high school, a friend of mine had a, had a girlfriend and... And one day uh, he was meeting up with this other girl that was coming over to his house. And so I um, took the girlfriend, picked her up in my car, and literally just drove her around the city, small town that we were from, while he got with this other girl that he was cheating on and then (laughs) dropped her back off later. So I'm chauffeuring this girl around. And I I know who she is. I I don't know her very well. She's really attractive. And I I kind of liked her just from afar. But uh, I, both of these friends of mine are on Facebook, so I kind of hope they don't hear this <laughs> podcast and, and recognize themselves. That'd make a good story. It's sort of like the Pride and Prejudice thing where, like, yeah. me and her get together then, right? You know, <laughs> you, you know, you're driving around and then something happens and then bring her back and or she never comes back. But yeah, yeah. I feel and what's your friend? Your, your friend can't really do anything. Let's say something did happen between you and the girlfriend. Yeah, yeah well, what you've if, got nothing to stand on. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Huh. Yeah. So, and I've done similar things for other people before, but that's the one that really stands out and I feel terrible about it. Yeah, you should. Yeah. You jerk. Can you remember a time when you asked someone to lie for you? No, I honestly can't. I, I hate to pretend yeah. that I'm I'm, uh, no, I'm high and mighty, but I just can't. I'm, it's not that I'm averse to asking for favors, but I don't like to ask people yeah. for stuff. Not that I'm to be beholden to them or anything like that. It's just I can't trust them to do it. <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you what it is. I think I, I've always taken the uh, stance of of trying to tell the truth whenever I can. And it's not a moral thing or anything like that. It really comes back down to something you said earlier. I just had a different experience that prompted this mode of thought. And it's the idea of keeping track of, of things in the snowball effect. Um, I, I And I, I realized this really early. This was probably like junior high or so when I kind of had my first like... Uh, Erection. <laughs> oh, no, that was like way earlier. I was getting... I was popping diaper tents. Um, <laughs> Your mother had to have a cesarean. <laughs> And pull you out L-shaped. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. And a gross image. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, when, no, like when I had kind of my first... <laughs> born with a kickstand. <laughs> the doctor dropped me and it was okay because I just... <laughs> Uh, that's great. I chose the wrong moment to take a drink. <laughs> um, no, when I had like my first kind of girlfriend was in junior high. And so uh, I remember at that time, I didn't really know how to be a boyfriend or anything. So I would try to be what I thought girls wanted at that point. Mm -hmm. And very quickly I realized how difficult that was to keep up this charade of pretending to like certain things or pretending to like certain kinds of music and all this kind of stuff. And, and really from that moment, I was like, this is so difficult. Why can't I just not have to worry about those? And then 
hopefully I'll find someone. And, you know, I had a few girlfriends after that and, and that were, I feel, much better relationships because from the very beginning, it was like... It makes us much lower maintenance. So much easier. And so, you know, you know like I said, again, I don't want to play the high and mighty card, but that's genuinely how I kind of have lived my life. And even my wife, I have no problem telling her the stuff she likes is stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Liar. <laughs> One of the things when we're talking about lying that always I think of is the movie True Romance and the infamous oh, yeah. Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah, it's <laughs> a good one. True lies. Good, oh. good correlation though for this episode. There was the famous interrogation scene. That's my favorite scene in all of cinema history with Christopher Walken <laughs> interrogation scene with Dennis Hopper, and uh, he's uh, Chris Walken is basically like a, a mob uh, lawyer, and he's really good at lie detecting. And uh, he's got Dennis Hopper there, and he's kind of reading him and kind of telling him, like, hey, look, your mouth's telling me one thing, and your body's telling me something else. He knows he's lying. He's like, uh, I've seen all this stuff. He says men have 17 pantomimes that give away when they're lying, and women have 20. That's not exactly true. I think Quentin Tarantino made that up. But um, it got me thinking about some of the the things that we do when we're trying to mask lies. There's all kinds of body language stuff. I I made an educational course on body language a few years ago. And we studied some of these things uh, basically to hide them. <laughs> we know <laughs> yeah. what it is. You hide them. It's like the reverse. But there are things that people do when they're lying. Like they try to kind of make themselves small. Like they turn sideways a little bit. They obscure uh. themselves. They're a smaller target, metaphorically speaking. They'll like unconsciously put objects between them, kind of like barricades, you know. Uh. Uh, they do. You know, people blink a lot. I think people know that. But as a result, people know that they blink a lot when they lie. So sometimes their eyebrows go into overdrive. <laughs> yeah, they have really wide yeah, eyes. The so whole they time. do that, and you're like, oh, okay, that. Um, <laughs> now, some people say, I don't know if this is true or not, that when you're when you look up to your left cortex, you're accessing facts. So that's true. And when you look up to the right, you're accessing your creative cortex. Oh, that seems too easy to game. And though. so yeah, you're l- making something up. So huh. uh, one of the obvious ones is people stall, so they repeat the question. You know, why oh, was I sleeping yeah. with your wife? Well, I, I wasn't sleeping with your wife because, right, you know? I remember, actually, as a child, my mom called me out on that once. I used to, not sleeping with her wife, but um, <laughs> saying, I would say, what? Like, I didn't yes, hear. Yes, what is a big one? I would do that a lot before I would actually you start heard talking. Me. Always followed by that, yeah. right? You heard yeah. what I said. So, this is just different ways you can find hmm. out if people are lying. Hmm. Well, great. Now I'm going to be paranoid for with every interaction I have with human beings from now on. He's lying. He's not going to be. Well, that's, I'm not going to have any human interactions. <laughs> right. I'm just going to avoid that altogether. Oh, okay. So, yeah, I was going to make signals there. Now I know. <laughs> so we place these large microphones between us yeah. so that we can't tell anything. Unconsciously, of course. He's just a pair of eyebrows above a pop filter. What? You know? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Do we have any sponsors? Sponsor this week. Yes, we have one. It is Dr. McCarthy's Home Polygraph Kit. Hmm. Amaze your friends and neighbors, those deceptive pricks, with your lie-detecting prowess. Because people love nothing more than being called out on their bullshit. Makes for a great party game. Simply plug the breakout box into your phone. Attach its three hypoallergenic electrodes to the subject's heart, temple, and lymph node of your choice. Clip the pulse oximeter over their finger. Then strap or adhere the accelerometer to their penis or clitoris, or clitoris for that matter. Carefully clamp the cranial brace onto their head, aligning the camera lens with their pupil. Get a signed consent release along with the witness and run through our 18-part baseline calibration questionnaire. Now fire away. The app takes care of the rest, interpreting all signals for you and displaying a user-friendly range from truth hurts to pants on fire. A special in-app purchase allows you to share these results on your subject's social media profiles, which we're confident they'll permit. Only $2.99 in the App Store and on Google Play. Sorry, $4.99. Fuck me. Fine. We don't have an Android version yet. 
hardware sold separately. <laughs> you know, speaking of admissible, inadmissible in court and also TV shows ruining us. Yeah. People think that lie detector tests are very common in court cases these days, <laughs> right. and they're very rarely used. Yeah, it's just and, a good fictional device. It's yeah, something visual you can put yeah. on the screen. And not even rarely used, but when they are used, they're very rarely even brought up as evidence because you really can't. I mentioned Nikki Glazer a couple weeks ago, and uh, she did a great segment on her show where she hooked her friends up to a lie detector with a professional polygraph analyst and asked them very uncomfortable questions like, you want to have sex with me? <laughs> and then she brought her parents in and was going through their whole history, like come to find out her mother had done anal. And so they're, they're saying, <laughs> of course not, why not? And the guy's like, thumbs up, thumbs down. <laughs> it was great. I love her show. Not safe with Nikki Glazer. How about any corrections this week? We got one? Uh, yes, we do have a correction, as always, oddly enough. So way back in episode one. Wow. That was just before two, if I recall. Mm -hmm. I said that eating the body of a naturally deceased person is equivalent to recycling. Well, I learned this weekend that, without getting into too many incriminating details here, that the comparison isn't accurate because unlike aluminum can recycling, you will not get paid by the pound for eating a dead body. So, out of spite, I'm not going to eat any of the dead bodies I find. Take that, planet Earth. And we're a poorer species for it. Mm -hmm. We mm -hmm. really are. Mm -hmm. Thank you for listening, everybody. Please join us on Twitter at ImportantPod. You can find me at Gordon Highland. I am at Caleb J. Ross. ImportantQuestionPodcast.com is the website. You can subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, etc. And uh, also hit us up on Facebook to continue this discussion. Just do a search for Important Question Podcast. So until next week. Okay, I lied. Two weeks from now. I did not have sexual relations with that woman. Just her dress. <laughs> Important question.